Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to A Hispanard. Whoa! So much going on. I mean, crazy amount of trailers just dropped in the last week or two. The Marvels, oof! And the brand new Disney animated movie, Wish, oof! It, man, there is so much going on. It's crazy. Uh, for the casual viewer fan of movies and tv shows uh things are things are gonna be a little crazy over the next year uh you might notice it you might not i don't know really yet uh nobody knows how all this stuff is going to land but because of the writer's strike because of the actor's strike how long all of that took it set everything back to a crazy timeline uh one thing marvel will not have any new movies in 2024 other than deadpool it seems like by all accounts that is still on track and <clears throat> i would definitely say that i'm nervous and i think you should be too if you're a fan of deadpool because of the pause on movies and tv shows for so long while the studios and the actors and the writers are trying to work things out to some kind of equitable, equitable, um, you know, uh, degree, it uh, it does not bode well for uh, Deadpool. Deadpool, I think, was a quarter of the way through, and uh, after the settlement between uh, the studio and and the writers and actors and everything. There some new stipulations that got put in place. One of the ones that I'm hearing is someone like Ryan Reynolds, who apparently is is famous for improvising while he's making his movies. There's some new agreement that got put in place where that may actually deter that natural process for him. I don't know how it all works out. That's what a bunch of different sources keep saying is that people that like to improvise, now there's another way to not, uh, you know, to approach that and, and how that gets paid. So studios might be more shy about paying out for that kind of acting. I don't really know, but I, I do know this. If, if that ends up being the case, if Ryan Reynolds is, is hampered in some way, because, you know, one of the geniuses about the guy, love him or hate him, however you feel about him, one of the things about the guy is that he does, uh, he's able to come up with things in the moment and he's able to write in the moment. You know, he takes uh, whatever he's given and then he, he adds layers to it. And he's not the only one. This is actually something that quite a few different people in the industry do that are uh, like Bill Murray's famous for it. 
so is uh, Will Ferrell. You know, there there's this uh, method of of approaching things where they'll keep going until they feel like it landed just right, and then you know, and they produce gold for a lot of the part, uh, a lot of the time. So I I would say based on the fact that they're trying to speed things up and make sure that this gets out in 2024 based on the possible hampering, you know, that might be uh, happening uh, between how things get paid out. And then also based on the fact that Deadpool could potentially come in as, I mean, the third one could potentially come in as the most convoluted concept that they've ever attempted to um, tackle. Yeah, it man, this might end up being a really, really bad product despite the talent that is involved in it. Uh, folding Deadpool into the MCU may end up being a huge mistake. And I'm saying market now because this is where my personal fear is and listen deadpool one and two is is fine deadpool one actually is really great original super raunchy for sure but i mean at the end of the day in a in a strange way uh, a sweet story uh really well told super low budget that movie was made for 80 million Ended up grossing, I think, seven hundred million or eight hundred million after its run was done. One of the biggest successes of that year, and really of any time when you consider the budget, even the budget and marketing versus what it ended up pulling in, is just insane. I mean, Fox was incredibly happy with that picture. You know, makes sense that you got a part two, and it makes sense that you're getting a part three, but. Part three might end up being diminishing returns in terms of quality and what they're being asked to do, which by all accounts, if if everybody's right in what they're reporting, Deadpool 3 is being asked to put on its shoulders the entirety of the multiverse, which for Marvel phases four and five have been a disaster in any way that you, uh, you know, any way you see it. There's no consistency, continuity. There's no threading of of story that goes through. And to have a movie try to wrap all that up, have it all make sense. And it's having to contend with the fact that most of uh, the audience that used to be there for the MCU has left the MCU. That Nobody's interested anymore in Loki Season 2 or... Secret Invasion, or the Marvels, or uh, you know, Captain America, or Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, I, I meant, uh, you know, or anything that is that has come out. Uh, the last time people went out really big and strong for a movie that had any multiverse thing going for it was Spider Man: No Way Home. People went out to go see Doctor Strange, but it wasn't the kind of numbers that you saw with Spider-Man or with the Avengers or, you know, so already you could see the decline happening. Although this is all through hindsight, you couldn't see it in the moment. You, you just know that, you know, it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. So not everybody went to go see Dr. Strange. And then, 
you know, Thor uh, 3, yeah, was it Thor 3 or Thor 4? Thor 4 was further diminishing returns, and it just kept going down and down and down and down. And so the audiences left the MCU. Yep. The majority of, of, of casual fans, brand new fans, and old school fans said goodbye to Marvel with the conclusion of Endgame. And that makes sense. I mean, that's a perfect bookend to a you know a little bit over a ten year run of wonderfully told stories that are all interconnected, that were event movies that got you excited. That actually, you know, for some people that had had kids who were really young, were able to catch them up and then finish out that ten year run with them. You know, them being now twelve, thirteen, fourteen, whatever. I mean, I, I was certainly one of those parents where we started bringing our kids to to see every single Marvel movie, and we would get together with my brother and sister-in-law and their kids, and we'd hit up every Marvel movie that came out. And it was so much fun, and we talk about it afterwards and debate things, And but, you know, it was it was great. And I had a, personally, I had a good time because I, I had such a deep history knowledge and understanding of Marvel that for things that that came up that were confusing to to my family i would be able to break down you know drill deeper into the further nuances of what this character means what this moment meant what is going on here where i think they're going with the story and i would say probably 70 percent of the time i'd be i'd be right you know as to where the story was headed because marvel was using the source material to get to the next point in the story. They didn't do everything exactly the same. That's why I'm saying maybe 70, maybe 80% of the time I was getting things right, but they were able to put a better twist in some cases, you know, uh, because cinematic and, and, and you have to be able to tell a different story in two hours, as opposed to you're telling a story over, over a 12 issue run, which gives you more time, you know, to flesh things out. But yeah, they were able to put things in there that just made sense and, and again, furthered the story along. Well, a lot of those people, like myself, left. We, you know, the, the rest of what's been happening. And it, by the way, I, I will say this right now, just for me, my personal opinion, the way I feel about things, I don't care if you have a woman superhero or a male superhero. It, that's not the point. The point is, what are you doing with the women that you're putting into your stories? How are you portraying them? That is the other thing that Marvel has done completely wrong. You know, they have uh, they have taken these characters and and supplanted them with other characters that are exactly the same power set, the same everything, but different backstory, also different level of humility or lack thereof with their female characters and it's it's hurt them in such a bad way and now again using that word in hindsight now you're able to look back and look at the last five years and you can see the womanification of the entire mcu marvel cinematic universe and it's it's jarring and it's jarring not because again women are taking over these roles and they're they're the the top spot of of what used to be you know the, these male heroes that you know and grew up with 
it's the way that they are portrayed, the way that they are written. They Marvel didn't do these women any favors. And for you know, you'll have <clears throat> you'll have a Gamora and a Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy that perfectly balance out and Nebula that perfectly balance out the male energy in those movies. So you'll have that and it's a complementary family unit that is working there. And then you'll have something like She-Hulk, where the entire thing is a, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it's an insult to Bruce Banner. It's an insult to the fans. It's an insult to the idea of, of what you love about the Hulk and the potential there. Nobody disliked Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. She was a great compliment in addition to the Avengers team. It did not matter that her power set was like Hawkeye's, where it was inconsequential. That wasn't the point of the character, that they had no powers. And, and if you step back and you look at them from a, an objective perspective, you'd, you would know that they would be the first people to die. They would you know they'd be killed off really quickly because they were putting they were being put in extraordinary situations where those two characters are more street level um characters and the writers figured out a way to make it work so that people didn't push back against it you know going back to black widow it was super enjoyable to have her in those movies as an avenger doing playing her part you know, doing what she did again, complimentary. So you've got, you've got that as opposed to you put her in her, in her own movie and top to bottom, everybody is a woman and the bad guy. Well, it's a guy and the, the scary bad guy portion, the superpowered bad guy is a girl. You know, that that was one of the first missteps. Now, if you look at that movie, really well shot, really well done. Action is great. I I hold to, to my opinion on that I like that movie. But if you step back and you look at what they did with the characters and how they they changed things in the character, Taskmaster being a scarred woman, you know, the daughter of the bad guy huge misstep i mean you had the chance to basically add a second deadpool to the to the uh mcu in in the form of taskmaster this narcissistic um you know misogynist bad guy from the comics who who um believes he's the greatest thing since sliced bread it, you had an opportunity to to put in a bad guy with a ton of flavor, comedy, and someone that you would love to hate or hate to love. <laughs> I think, yeah, both that you would you Taskmaster was a chance for them to put somebody in who you're like, man, I hope this guy doesn't die, but I hate what he's doing and he shouldn't be winning as much as he's winning. Instead, that opportunity got wiped away, and you know, they somebody one of the cooks in the kitchen was trying to tell 
some kind of story that the majority of of the population said, "Eh, I'm good." On top of that, you know, that movie had a couple of bad things going for it. The other bad thing that I had going for it is you'd already killed off Black Widow. So we're coming to this point where we're seeing a Black Widow adventure, but we know she's dead. And so we also know that whatever we're seeing doesn't really matter in in the scheme of things. It doesn't really push the MCU forward, the story, the overall story in any way. And this is what we just kept getting over and over and over again. Bad character, you know, or or forgettable character with forgettable situations. And none of this is going anywhere. And the the movies that are pushing things forward, they're they're so they're they're tiny little gems strung along this this bigger road, and they're so far in between that you can't connect one to the next to continue the uh the story in your own head because there's just too much to deal with uh falcon and winter soldier great moments on that in that show uh zemo probably one of the best parts of the show you know this this uh i mean they turned him into a tiny little bit of a clown which is fine you know but he he was he was he played his part he was funny in the show but that show was way overly preachy and didn't know what it wanted to be you ended up at least i did ended up siding with the quote-unquote bad guy the uh u.s agent uh you know the replacement for um captain america on the show you end up siding more with with you end up understanding his motivations and siding with his decisions more than than you do with bucky and uh sam and that that's not the way that it was intended. That's not the way that it was supposed to go. And it did. So, you know, Marvel has been losing left and right, but Disney has been losing left and right. That actually is the, the bigger story here. Disney is about to put out its next animated feature. And I've read enough reviews of people that, that saw the movie that are, you know, this animated feature that are just scratching their heads, wondering why the decisions were made that were made for this particular outing. So uh, apparently the animation is the, the style is, is different than anything that Disney's put out before, which that's a great thing, you know, like, or it can be L- look at a uh, Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, right? Fantastic, uh, fantastic style, fantastic art style. So you've got that. And, but it, it, it's, it's come across as a negative that it doesn't look good. So there's that. And then there's also the fact that, uh, apparently the way that the movie was actually directed, the way that everything was blocked, a lot of the characters are in the center, which is really bad way to direct. You don't ever want to put any any of uh the the main action you don't want to put it in the middle of the screen you want to put it a little bit off it, i forgot uh kenji told me what it was called yesterday like the rule or maybe uh m- my co-worker amber um one of them said it. i think they call it the rule of thirds or something like that where you basically want to have something slightly off from center 
on the screen because it makes it makes it overall more interesting and you know you like when you tilt the screen a little bit when you have the character slightly off to the side it it more it's more pleasing to the human eye and to the brain than having something dead center um you know and when you have things dead center it's actually more like an infomercial than than it is cinematic and i guess that's a point right there is that a lot of times in this movie what you're seeing looks more infomercial ish than cinematic one of the sequences that i saw that's available for anybody to watch out there that just has me scratching my head at, and, and makes me makes me think that there's a lot of laziness that is going on in the animation department is you see the main character break out into a song and dance and the village or the people you know in the kingdom that are happen to be around her also break out into the same dance so it becomes this flash mob coordinated moment and it's actually it, it pulls me out of the moment because it's it's uh, it, story-wise it uh, sorry i'm even struggling to explain it right now but just story-wise it just doesn't make any sense yet there's nothing well, so what's lazy about that well that means that they rigged all of the uh, CGI characters to the same uh, programming. So everybody goes into the same dance. And there's there's no individuality. There's no uniqueness to the characters. That's one. Uh, two, it's a just a cheap way to make a, a, a spectacle happen. You all of a sudden you've got 50, you know, 20 to 50 different characters, all coordinated dancing. Well, that is impressive when it's in real life. It's not impressive when you do it in animation. Why is it not impressive in animation? Because you know, that's all programming and you know that there is no, there, there wasn't individual animators that went in and animated every single character and tried to match it to the next animator. So, you know, you didn't have 20 to 50 animators individually animating every single character and then coordinating them all. No, what you had was all of those characters get rigged at the same time to the same steps, and then you copy-paste, boom, you have a sequence. Not impressive. Not even a little bit. Impressive when it's in real life, because you know that there is... Uh, slight timing difference between people and the fact that it for the most part it comes across looking as coordinated that's like what your brain goes wow that's super impressive but not in this in this like what are you doing disney what are you thinking why why are the days gone of something like bell walking through her small village and she's singing her and explaining her day to you and she's interacting with various characters and they're doing their own thing and and engaging with her and reacting to her in unique ways same thing with ariel you know little mermaid same thing with snow white same thing with all these characters what happened to those days and now you've got coordinated dan dance sequences and coordinated moments between multiple characters 
On top of that, you put them dead center, so you make it look like an infomercial. It, I mean, who's making these dis decisions? Why? It, I sometimes feel like there's this coordinated effort at the top to purposefully make things fail at this, you know, at, at the Disney company. That cannot be the case, obviously. It just, it wouldn't make any sense, you know, but at the same time, like, what? It doesn't make any sense that the, uh, that the people that have been there that know how things should run are either not saying anything or maybe they, they were gotten rid of. And now you've got a bunch of people in roles that have no creative understanding, no understanding of the genre that they're overseeing, whether it's live action or, um, or animation. It just, it boggles, boggles my mind. So wish is predicted to, it, it comes out tomorrow. Uh, so it's got a, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's got a five-day in uh, or window where it... Not even a window. Not an in. What, what am I trying to say here? It's got, it's got five days where it should make all the money. It, you know, it's got a lead-in with the holidays. Yes, people are going to go to Thanksgiving. No, people don't stay at their respective Thanksgivings all day and all night for the most part. There's, I mean, we did it a, a couple times where after we were done with our family Thanksgiving, we went to go see a movie. I, I think we ended up going to see Frozen or something like that. I can't remember the, which movie it was, but we went and watched uh, an animated movie with the family. That A lot of people opt for that. So this movie has five days of kids being out of school. Is it going to make money? Apparently the prediction is no, it's not. And on top of that, it is not a cheap movie. Apparently DreamWorks Trolls, which I'm hearing is not good at all, was uh, made for a hundred mil and Basically, it's made its money. It's now broken even. It's made exactly what they spent to make it. So everything from here on out is going to be profit for the movie. So they made it for cheap. Um, what you know, which a hundred million is insane. Like that, that would be considered cheap. But they made it for you know what you would think of as relatively cheap. So there's that, and uh, this movie, Wish, made for. 200 million plus I'm hearing uh, why how who did what talent did they get that is that expensive I know Chris Pine is the main bad guy I can't imagine that Chris Pine who's not been in a hit movie in a long time I mean great actor you know and by all accounts seemingly a nice person um and I, I like his work. He, you know, I loved him in, in the first Wonder Woman movie. And yeah, he's just, uh, yeah, he seems like a, like a fun guy. I don't know that he's commanding 20 mil or anything close to that as far as salary goes. And 
I can't imagine that the girl that they got to play the main character, I don't know who she is, but it's not being touted out there. I can't imagine her or anybody else in the movie commands that kind of uh, expense. So this is just head scratcher. How do you spend that much money? I mean, how is Disney continually spending as much money on their spend as they're spending on all of these productions? And uh, the the diminishing returns is insane. I'm not done with the pod. I I, I gotta put a pause on it. Um, yeah, there's more to talk about. Anyway, I'm gonna pause it for now. I'll, I'll talk to you guys in a minute. Hello, my fellow nerds. I wanted to make an amendment to something that I had talked about, and I've talked about quite a few times. Uh, I had mentioned that. Social media does not move the needle, and I've been thinking it over, and I will actually uh, change my mind on that just a little bit. I've been going back and forth with people on social media, particularly about the Marvels, and I mean, how badly the Marvels has bombed, how badly Wish, Disney's new animated feature, has bombed. Wish, in particular... It's pretty scary for the company, a $200 million movie that had the the pleasure of basically having zero competition when it came out. The only other thing that was out there that was animated uh, was Trolls 3, and because Trolls 3 had come out, I think, a week or two earlier, it had pretty much made all the money that it was going to make in its first uh, weekend. And after that, it just cleared the the you know clear the room for Wish, and Wish had a five day in from Wednesday night till Sunday, with the benefit of Thanksgiving you know right there. So everybody's off work, and everybody has the opportunity to take their children to um, to the movies. And it's not what happened. Wish has officially crashed and burned as of now. I believe the numbers it came in at 20 to 30 mil for the entire five day run domestically. It's going to end up being maybe possibly a bigger disaster for it than uh, for Disney than Strange Worlds was, which that was a $180 million movie and that made like five bucks at the movie theater. This looks. Wish looks to be exactly on track, if not worse than that movie, which is saying something because that movie, Strange Worlds in particular, in particular, sorry, had a uh, a focus on two LGBT characters that were on the adventure for the most part. And, you know, it's still got a little tiny little bit of love. This, as far as I've heard and read, has nothing of the sort. Uh, and it's going to end up even worse than, than that other movie. Uh, a lot of the problems that people are having with Wish, the thing that I keep seeing over and over again is lack of quality. Lack of quality in story, lack of quality in animation, lack of quality in filming, which, my dear listeners, those are three different things. So, And then on top of that, with animation, you have a multi-layer of of those things going on. So you've got the written story, then you've got the, um, what the actors actually say, the script 
where you know the verbalization story and then you have the animation filming story the way that everything is is blocked off and you know how they choose to move your eye in the movie apparently this movie across the board is a disaster you know one of the things that this movie continues to do is also put you into an ambiguous location where you don't know exactly who or what you're dealing with. Are you dealing with people from Ireland? Are you dealing with people from Spain? Are you dealing with people from England? Are you dealing with people from America? Like it's so ambiguous because they're trying to cram it with everything. You know, they, in this fantasy world, the entire planet is condensed into a kingdom and you're just supposed to be like, okay, then everybody, this is a representation of the planet here, except little kids don't think that way, which you would think is even, that's even more interesting because, you know, if, if you're from Southern California, the way that I am, you've grown up next to everything and everybody. But if, as soon as you become aware and you open your eyes, you start to see how people self-segregate. They just, they can't help it, right? You have uh, uh, Chinatown, you've got Little Italy, you've got all these little spots that that recognize and celebrate um, cultures and and cultures tend to s segregate the the city that I live in it is majority Hispanic that's not an accident that means a ton of Hispanics they came to one place congregated there told family and friends about it and now they're centered there uh huntington beach is is primarily caucasian you know you've got uh you've got different people that are congregated in different places and for a variety of reasons sometimes monetarily sometimes not it just really depends but the point is is it's it's a natural thing so when i look at something like uh, wheel of time on amazon prime or Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, and I'm taken, transported to what would be a, a, you know, an ancient village that you would see somewhere in the north of a European country, and everything under the sun lives there, meaning Asian, Black, Hispanic, you know, Middle Eastern, it, it pulls you out of the story. It just does. And it pulls you out because you know how if you know any bit of history, you know how history works, you know how societies function, you know how architecture works, and you know that different peoples make different styles of architecture, different styles of buildings and roads and cities and towns. And so it just completely pulls you off. So anyway, I'm I'm veering far off field of what I was originally intentionally going to talk about, which was social media. My point with that, <clears throat> with Wish and with the Marvels for Disney, is it is it has actually become very, very telling where I say, I said originally that social media does not move the needle, and I kind of still hold to that. But what I will say that is different is you tend to see how the health of a movie, what it's going to be at the box office, based a lot on the, orga the organic nature of fan art and fan posting. Uh, when you start seeing fan art for Barbie and Oppenheimer 
and you start seeing a mixture of the two together, it, it doesn't guarantee that you've got a hit on your hands. But boy, now that we have hindsight and we can, we can look at the, the outcome of those two movies, Oppenheimer making almost a billion dollars. You know, I think it ended its run at $940 million. So almost a billion dollars for a, for a docudrama style <clears throat> piece of work that's over three hours long by Christopher Nolan. So you've got that and then you've got Barbie, which, which easily crossed a billion and might be the highest grossing movie of 2023, I believe. And one thing that I kept seeing over and over, I mean, I couldn't open up any of my social media without seeing fan art and fan posters, you know, fan made things that uh, were promoting, was promoting both of them. Now, both of the studios that made those movies are completely different studios. They got smart enough. The marketing department got smart enough to immediately jump on that trend, and and they stoked the fires that are, are already, had already been started by fans, and they kept it going. You know, they loved it, and it turned out great for them. On top of that, the the marketing department for Barbie did a fantastic job of marketing that movie because it wasn't so much about how much they spent and more about how they spent it. That was the thing that was such a huge difference <clears throat> or that made such a huge difference as opposed to you look at something like the Marvels, you know, at, there's so many Disney shills out there that are ready at the drop of a hat to explain away what the failures of the company have been. And one of them has been marketing. I over and over you'll you'll see it. You'll see these bots that just pop up on Twitter. Oh, you know, they spent no marketing on it. They spent no marketing dollars on it. They didn't spend it. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Uh Marvel <coughs> bought out the sphere in Vegas, which is not cheap at all. Like they they had that cat all over that ball. And uh so you've got you got that. You got a red carpet in Vegas. The second that the uh, that the strikes ended, they sent those ladies, those three ladies, out immediately to talk about the movie. I couldn't open up any of my socials without getting hit in the face with a Marvel something. The marketing department went to work overtime and started uh, cut and they cut and paste in the Avengers. And Thanos to make you keenly aware of who it is that you were, you know, who you were going to go watch, which was Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel. So, I mean, they went into overtime after it's all said and done. If we if we end up finding out that the marketing numbers were up in the 150 million, I will not be shocked at all. 270 million to make the movie, 150 million to market it. 470 million is what Marvel's in for this movie, and it is not even going to hit 400 million by the end of its run. Same thing with Wish. Wish got marketed all over the place. I mean, Wish was in McDonald's, on billboards, on buses, social media, but no fan art for any of them. Now, what I did see for the Marvels in particular 
was Disney reaching out to a variety of graphic artists and and traditional artists to make posters. And so, you know, you'll see this periodically. You'll see inspired by the Marvels. Well, anytime you see some nice, clean, professional artwork that pops out for your favorite whatever movie or, or TV show, just know those people got paid for that. It wasn't something that they did on their own uh, to promote the film. No, they, Disney, you know, reached out to them and said, hey, here's what we'd like. And the artist said, say less. And boom, went straight to work and, you know, came out with this beautiful poster. And then at the bottom, it'll say, inspired by the Marvels. It's disingenuous. You know, they're not being honest at all in, in that. But hey, whatever, man. You do what you got to do, I suppose, to to market your film, and everybody, you know, they keep they keep explaining away what the problem. You know, the problem is this, the problem is that, the problem is you know the strikes, the problem is uh, marketing, the problem is uh, you know uh, uh, misogyny, the problem is you know whatever. No, 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 no. Listen, the problem is story. The problem is lack of talent the problem is not adapting the source material the problem is foregoing you know your heavy hitters uh either either by treating them p poorly or uh or just thinking that that the name brand alone will be the thing that carries you into the next 10 years None of these characters exist or have, you know, none of them get to have a life without a good writer, without a good director, without a good artist, without a good storyboarder, without, without quality design. And this is maybe the thing that hurts my heart the most is that I know the team, for example, over at Marvel, uh, the design team at Marvel, you, you're talking about high level quality art right there you're talking about a team that i mean, they've cut their teeth uh, you know over the last 12 13 years those guys know exactly how to design and man they they give up the goods when it comes to uh the quality of of what the characters look like on the screen and the the design for all the worlds and everything that ain't the problem the design ain't the problem i mean you could maybe argue that things have gotten a little stale because everything looks the same across the board. Maybe, maybe you could make that argument. I don't know, but I will tell you that when it comes to just uh, uh, objectively looking at the quality, the quality is there. the The issue is story, and the issue is directing, and those two things. If they're not uh, the first, I mean. Look, a great example of this because I, you know, just just to hammer the, you know, the the nail home. A great example of this is Daredevil, uh, Netflix Daredevil. Go back and take a look at that if you haven't seen it. Matt Murdock doesn't even—he's not even in a suit for the majority of of the show. He's just in pajamas, ninja pajamas, you know, black, just black with a black hood over his eyes and man it is more than enough yeah he's not in the suit yeah you would want him in the suit sooner no 
It doesn't matter because the story is great. The tension is fantastic. The direction is amazing. People to this day still talk about that incredible one take fight scene through a hallway where he beats the crap out of a bunch of guys. Amazing. So the thing is, sometimes people don't know how to explain quality. They don't know how to how how to uh uh explain it back to you and go this is why it's quality sometimes people just know that it's quality because they can see it they can taste it you know they can hear it uh, they're just not proficient enough in the thing to explain the mechanics behind the quality this is why your audience is not coming to the theaters because the quality is not there for the majority of these things. My buddy, producer Chris, has a pass to go see, you know, I, I, an X amount of movies uh, throughout the year. I think it's like 50 something throughout the year. If anybody could tell you uh, what's good, what's bad, what's mediocre, it would be somebody like him because he, he watches a variety of movies. And I, I tend to trust, you know, we don't have exactly the same taste. But I tend to trust his opinion on, on most things, or, or at least I will take his perspective and then apply it to my own taste. And then, you know, from there, figure out whether it's something that would be for me or not. Um, you know, and it, like I said, it's not perfect across the board, but it, it's a, he's a good barometer of like the uh, of an audience member because he's in for this stuff. So you've already got a fan built in somebody who's willing to get a year pass for movies. That tells you something right there. Oh, that's a movie fan. That's somebody who loves going to the movies. I wonder if by the end of the year, I, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to him and talk to him. I wonder how much of what he saw on screen was actually quality for him and how much of it was, eh, you know, uh, I'd be very curious, uh, to see also, uh, separate from him just to look at the numbers for movie theaters whether whether those passes have gone up or down in in sales uh for this past year because i can't imagine that there is a lot out there that has been really enticing or great for people to go to want to go watch and that's just based on the returns from the majority of the movies that we've seen uh you know like and it, it hasn't just been disney you know, I know I, I talk a lot about Disney because Disney is close to my heart. I actually, I love Disney and I love the IPs and I certainly don't want them to fail. I want them to succeed. I want them to draw in families. I, I, one of my, one of the things that I love the most about, uh, science fiction and fantasy is that it allows a little kid to dream, you know, more, m more than for me. I love the fact that because I discovered that stuff when I was a kid, because I got introduced to the X-Men when I was a little kid, to the Ninja Turtles when I was a kid, uh, watching, you know, uh, Bionic Man and, you know, look, looking at things like Silverhawk and Thundercats and Transformers, all that stuff fostered in me this desire to, to dream and to come up with stories and to be, you know, to, it, it, it fueled my my artistic side and you know caused me to go into into drawing and so that that's what 
that's what all these things are. They, that, I think that's what it was for Spielberg, and that's what it was for Lucasfilm, and uh, I mean for Lucas, for George Lucas. I think that that's what these things become. They become these portals for you to to dream and and start to wonder. Well, can I do this? Can I create my own thing? You know, and then maybe in the future get the chance to be invited to go play with this thing that I loved as a child. Like that's why I would want disney to succeed because right now disney holds like they're like thanos i mean they hold four four of the stones four of the infinity stones pixar lucasfilm marvel and then disney studios like they're the most powerful company on the planet and they have squandered this power by looking at the culture and trying to figure out how to cater to the culture and in and in doing so they've lost what it is that they actually do it was never disney's wish or job to cater to the culture it it was never apple apple's wish or job to make a consensus phone or tablet or computer that that's not what those companies did with the, uh, the leadership that they had. No, no. They made what, what they loved, and they told the audience, the fans, the consumer, this is what we're offering you. This is what we have. We hope you like it, you know, but, but what we're giving you is the purest thing that we can give you, which is a story made out of love. What maybe one of the things that I actually really bothers me the most when when I come across this kind of stuff because I I think it's really ignorant and and it's definitely a taste thing and everybody's allowed to have their opinion and their personal taste whatever that is but whenever I come across people who say you know Marvel movies comic books uh, science fiction books whatever. Uh, you know, all this stuff is, it, it doesn't have any heart. It doesn't have any soul. It's really irrelevant. Then you're missing the point. You, you, you've, you've not read any of the classics. You are not, uh, you're not interested in Homer. You're not interested in Shakespeare. You're not interested in Isaac Asimov. You're not interested, you know, in, in anything that, expands your mind and takes you to other worlds and that's fine but you know don't don't say that these things are without any heart or any soul or don't have any merit it is literal portals that allow you and cause you to dream a uh, a biography is great that's great go read about the life of someone, learn about their triumphs and their mistakes, their ups and their downs. That's fantastic. But you're not, while you might uh, be able to uh, kind of, what, what's the word here? You might be able to empathize with somebody else's life. It's not causing you to dream. It's not causing you to uh imagine or come up with uh something new it, it, it 
all it does is just you're sharing the human experience of somebody else's life and you're overlaying maybe your own experience and you're going, oh yeah, I could see where I would make that mistake or I would But that's very different than creativity. That's very different than dreaming. That's very different than, than building. And so biographies are great. And please read biographies. It'll help you maybe avoid some of the mistakes that, that others have made. But if you want to, if you want fuel for dreaming, fuel for creation, fuel for, you know, you want to, you want to start a fire in your mind of, of, of characters and places that you could create, you, you have to read Stephen King. You have to read Isaac Asimov. You have to read Robert Jordan. Um, you know, you have to read Tolkien. You've got to go to these places that will, that they, they usher you into this opportunity to, to become a creative. It helps you to dream. And, and so that's where everything that we see on screen, whether it's adapted well or not, that's a completely separate thing, right? I'm, I'm not arguing whether some things are adapted better than others. I'm saying it's, it's those adaptations, being able to see them live that might help you, uh, dream about becoming a director or a writer and the worst thing that we can all do and and the people are currently doing especially this crop of writers is trying to put their own personal stories into these characters rather than crafting something that is completely outside of their experience that's that's actually what you want to do you want to it you know it is the only way for a man to be able to write a, a female character, to be able to write an ensemble, you know, uh, with a variety of characters. If we were to pigeonhole, if society was successful, this, this small minority group in society was successful in their attempts, then only women would write women characters, men would write men characters, gay men would write gay men characters, so on and so forth. It would just be, across the board, you'd be sandboxing creativity. And you'd never allow anybody the opportunity to to stretch and and to wonder what it's like to be this or that. Or, you know, we could get so silly that we get to the point where we'd have to try to figure out how to have a dog write a dog and a cat write a cat. And we're at that place right now. We're at that point of silliness in, in thinking. And it is hurting studios across the board because they have allowed this small group of non-creative people to dictate um, how things should go, how things should be run, how things should be written. And you see the folly of it and you see the fallout of it. So consumers, you know, families in particular will say, well, I, I don't trust this thing anymore. I don't, I don't trust that I can just fire up uh, Disney Plus and allow my child to pick out any random thing on there and to watch it because you don't know what your kid is going to be exposed to. You don't know what message is going to be floated across to your kid uh, that is going to be confusing and... uh 
maybe even upsetting, uh, you know, or uh, so subtle that it just sits in the back of your head. Like there's many, many, many ways to normalize very strange behavior. And it happens to all of us. Like it, it happens all the time. There's a, uh, there's a famous uh, clip online of this uh, Russian guy that defected from Russia. And he, I think it, it's in the seventies. He's on uh, national TV and he talks about what the plan is of how to infiltrate American thinking and how to break American society down. And the way that you do it is by normalizing things that aren't normal, which there's different arguments going on there. You can have people live and feel the way that they feel and not be harassed, not be killed, not be, um, uh, not be, uh, what's the word here? Um, um, man, I, I lost the, I lost the thought, but basically not being harassed. Oh, uh, discriminated against. So not being discriminated against, not being harassed and not being killed. You can have that in this society just by upholding the laws that already exist. And anybody who walks into your place of business and they want this specific thing and you say, we don't do that, but this place down the road does, then the people, the, the, the consumer, the, 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 you know, the guests, the, they should be able to respect that and go down the way where their business is wanted, you know, and we're in a place right now where everything is, is, uh, allowed everything. Everybody wants to force feed everything down everybody's throat. And it's caused this, this weird culture war that is truly unnecessary. When you step back and you look at everything and you go, huh, I don't hate anybody. Like, this is weird that we're in this situation that we're in. I don't hate anybody and not everything is for me. Uh, I don't like uh, uh, Hallmark uh, holiday movies or, or love movie, you know, love stories. I, I'm not into hardcore, uh, you know, gore, like uh, horror movies. I'm not into, like, so these things aren't for me, so I'm just not going to go to them. But that's okay, right? Yeah, it's okay. Okay, great. Like, North Hollywood isn't for me, so I'm not going to go there, right? That's okay, right? Right. It's it's fine because there's plenty of people that that is there for, and and they make plenty of money, and it's fantastic. Okay, great. This is fantastic. Great. Uh, there's so many things that, as a society, we have not just backed up, looked at objectively, and gone, okay, where this is how we're going to handle this. We're going to handle this with love. We're going to handle this with respect. We're not going to, uh, uh, you know, we're not going to uh, uh, discriminate. We're not going to to hurt anybody. We're just, we're going to be over here. You're going to be over there. It's all fine, and we're going we're going to continue to function as Americans. And uh, you know, companies again, going back to to Disney for example, companies are starting to see the ramifications of their actions and that's okay it's okay for disney to lose and it's okay for disney to watch families walk away from them because hopefully they're able to pivot and they're able to to correct and understand where they make their money 
Disney makes their money from families. Disney is a generational company. They need generational uh, dollars. They need families for their business. And, uh, and they can't cater to these small, tiny groups on the side. Those small, tiny groups on the side may have a lot of money, but they spend their money on all kinds of different things. Disney's not the biggest part. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they can they can see this over the next year, but we'll see. We'll see. Until then, thank you guys for uh, listening. Thank you for being with me. Sorry that uh, there was no show last week, but, you know, holidays and all that good stuff. So uh, other than that, I will be back on track like always. I love you guys. Take your vitamins, drink your water, eat your vegetables. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.